Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, everybody, happy September. Summer is winding down, but luckily we have some amazing episodes to come this fall. And speaking of which, this week we are releasing two new episodes. To kick it off, today's guest is the incredible Holly Christine Hayes. Holly is the founder and CEO of Sanctuary Project, a survivor-run nonprofit social enterprise that provides a safe community for women in transition who are looking to grow their skill set. Sanctuary Project offers jewelry that is designed and packaged by the women the company employs. And what's even more incredible is that 100% of its sales go directly to providing more job opportunity and job training to survivors. Today, Holly will be sharing how she didn't let being a survivor of human trafficking, abuse, and addiction define her, and how instead, it actually led her to provide other survivors with community, training, and employment opportunities. And Holly will also be discussing how she was able to navigate her company through the pandemic and in fact, have her company thrive during it. I am really looking forward to hearing from Holly, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Holly Christine Hayes, thank you so much for coming on. You're the founder and CEO of The Sanctuary Project. You're also a wife, a mom, a speaker, and an author. So thanks for coming on a chat. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So how have you been? I know the year has been crazy for a bunch of people, but how has your summer been? How's everything been going? You know, it's been, um, it's been a really strange time for us as a small business and as a, an ethical business and a business with a purpose. Um, we actually have seen massive growth during this whole COVID season. And I think that's because consumers have started to care a lot more about where their money's going. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually been kind of an unprecedented season of growth in my business and even growth in my home and in my family, I have a two-year-old. And so, um, she's kind of a pandemic baby. She was born right before the pandemic and and I've gotten to be home with her a lot and work from home a lot, which has been really nice. I'm still in the office with my team probably, you know, once every other week or so, but for the most part, I, um, I'm managing them remotely from home and spending time with my family. So, um, I think, and I'm an introvert as well. <laughs> so, um, so it's kind of this, this last two years has sort of been an introvert's dream. Like I get to hold on, I get to like not leave the house unless it's absolutely necessary and I can wear a mask and hide my face from everyone. This is perfect. <laughs> I mean, so, I think, yeah, that has been the best part about having the mask is like not having to talk to people when you go out and just sort of like avoid mm-hmm. anyone you can. Yeah. Hat and a mask. And I'm like, nobody's going to ever like see me. I could, I could walk by people from my church and they're not going to be like, Holly, let's chat. (laughs) Yeah. I've actually really enjoyed that. And it's just felt like a season of going deep. You know, I think, um, 
there are seasons where we, where we fruit and flourish as living things. And then there are seasons where we kind of introvert and go deep. And, and this has felt for me, at least personally, like a season of going deep. It's also been hard, you know, not being able my family's in California and, um, my, my parents met our daughter when she was first born and then didn't see her again until last month. And so they missed, you know, so much of her life and my husband's parents missed so much of her life as well. And so things like that have been, have been hard. And, um, and then I think just the stress of owning a business in the pandemic and navigating, do we reopen, even though there's the health risks, but then economically we're, we're so focused on economic stability for our employees that mm-hmm. we had to make really tough decisions about reopening in the midst of a global pandemic and, and dealing with rounds of COVID going through our team and, and just praying everyone stayed healthy. So it's been an interesting time to be a business owner in that as well, because we've had to make such tough decisions about, do we protect the health of our employees or do we protect the, their financial health and stability? And, uh, and it's a, you know, decisions I made alongside my team and they, they were really more focused on their economic stability as well and felt like they'd rather um, take the risk and, and get sick than, than take the risk of not having employment and, um, and having to go back to some really dangerous lives they were in before they were working for sanctuary project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know with, with so many businesses, I love having business owners on, especially during this past year to talk about how the pandemic has impacted them, their employees, just everybody's livelihoods. Um, It's, it's made things very difficult, but I think it's absolutely wonderful to see everyone try and persevere through it. Um, And then, like you said, to your point about just, I mean, our inability to travel, our inability to see other people, it it was very hard, but I think, um, you know, you, you brought up being an introvert and being at home. I'm very much an extrovert, but I really enjoyed being in one space around Mm. like sort of a forced group of people, right? The pod that I was in Um, and just, just having that time to just really relax and focus and take a deep breath. Um, Mm -hmm. that's definitely like a silver lining I've taken away is just being able to, you know, just give myself that time to to just be at rest. Um, I think we all realized the pace we were going at was unhealthy. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and when the world slowed down, we were all like, Oh, I can breathe. And, Oh, I'm actually sleeping better. And, Oh, wow. Was I, was I actually taking care of myself before? Because I think in this hustle, hustle culture we live in, there's, it was like, you know, work all day, go out at night, spend time with friends, you know, pack every bit of your schedule. And all of a sudden there was space. And I think um, we all realized the value of rest and space and, and spending time with loved ones. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm so excited to talk about the sanctuary project, um, but I I'm interested in how much you're ever willing to share about your story leading up to sanctuary project. So um, you're very open and honest about your past. You're not only a survivor of human trafficking, but also abuse and addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also work to empower other women who have not only endured those hardships, but you help to set them on a path afterwards, which is just absolutely beautiful and inspiring. Um, and you know, I think so many of us know that human trafficking, it's not just an increasing problem globally, but it's happening right here in the United States. Um, Whatever you feel comfortable discussing, would you mind sharing how you managed to sort of break free from that hardship, that time in your life and how you were able to find healing with that? Yeah. So I came out of that life 20 years ago. So the majority of my life has actually been 
the, the walking out of it. Right. Um, I was, I was trafficked for a very short time. I was in addiction and violence for a very short time, really in the, in the grand scheme of my life and the scope of my life. And it was all 20 years ago. And so the majority of my life has taken place really in these last 20 years of, um, of rebuilding my life, mostly through, um, through understanding my, my sense of self-worth and identity and value as a human. And then also through building some confidence in myself through career. Um, I didn't get married until five years ago. So, so I, for those 15 years was a single woman for the most part. I mean, I had relationships and those were all bad and ended badly, (laughs) but I had, um, you know, but I've the, the one consistent thing I've had that has helped me to rebuild that sense of self-worth and confidence has been career. And so I've been very career focused and, um, I've worked in various, um, in various spaces in that time, um, as a real estate investor and, um, and then also as an actor and, uh, and as a worship leader. And so I've, I've kind of had different career paths over the last 20 years, but in all of it, it was me pursuing dreams that I'd had and finding career success in those areas. And it's really been the single thing that that has built, built my, my sense of value the most over those 20 years. So starting Sanctuary Project was really an opportunity for me to give back that sense of self-worth and dignity and value I've found in career and in employment and in my work over the last 20 years. And, and I think, you know, obviously I've done all the things to heal um, internally as well. You know, I've done um, all different kinds of counseling and, um, and spiritual healing and, um, and, you know, spent, spent years working on sort of my inner being and healing my sense of safety and, and all of those things as well. But when I look at my life and the picture of the life I wanted to build, I knew that I needed economic security in order to really feel safe. And, you know, and I, and when I look around in the world and I look at human trafficking as a global problem in every case, in a hundred percent of cases, what's driving that situation is economic instability. And if we can create enough employment for at-risk people, whatever that at-risk group is, whether it's, you know, families in the rural villages in Cambodia or um, young women in Africa or um, refugees coming out of the Middle East or women here in America that are coming out of the foster care system or are struggling with addiction or have a history of, of sexual violence in their family because those are the people that traffickers are targeting. If we can create economic stability for that group, then we have an opportunity to actually see trafficking eradicated. If there's no economic instability, There's no need for trafficking. There's no one for traffickers to exploit. And so when I really started to see how this was the the pathway to healing um, and and the pathway I'd found to my own healing, but also a greater pathway to healing a global problem, I wanted to build something that addressed it. And, And it's been such a joy. It's so fun to see it working. It's so fun to see women come out of that life and into a safe, stable environment and into a sanctuary, into a place where they're surrounded by other women who understand, and then to watch them just slowly rebuild in their, in their sense of confidence and and self-worth and value. It's really, really beautiful. Right. Well, I, I think what I admire most about what you've done with Sanctuary Project is you've in fact provided a sanctuary. You've provided these women with a community of others, you know, who've come from similar backgrounds, similar situations, and that's really wonderful. So if you wouldn't mind for those who don't know, introducing what exactly the Sanctuary Project is and, you know, what you guys work on. 
So we are a nonprofit social enterprise that employs and empowers women coming out of trafficking, violence, and addiction. And we have a jewelry line. And so all the jewelry is um, handmade by survivors of trafficking. And then um, we're providing employment in every area of the business. So it's not just in making jewelry. It's also in marketing and social media and operations and program management and in every piece of the business, we're employing survivors. Um, we have an ad, we have one advocate on staff as well who's not a survivor now, and we're um, looking at adding more advocates and as well just to create a, a sense of balance. Um, but what's been incredible is that um, we're not just providing employment sort of at that basic level of like, okay, you can come in and you can make jewelry and you can ship it out. We're saying, what is your career path? What is your dream? What are your goals? And how can we create a position within this company to help you to reach those goals? And so when women first come in, they're in something called our job training program, and they start with just eight hours a week of employment. And that is the basics. That's making jewelry. It's packaging jewelry. It's shipping jewelry. It's those kinds of things. But as they start to rebuild their skill sets and, and um, st start to heal and really tap into those areas that they have dreams, and as we're able to identify their talents and their giftings, we can often move them into sort of a larger position within the company where they're able to use those things um, and help them to get scholarships to go back to school and get more training so that they can grow even more in the areas they're gifted. So it's been such a joy to watch women not just come in and sort of have a, a basic, you know, $10 an hour job, which they do, a lot of them do, but also to see, you know, for example, two of our women buy their first homes last year. And all because of what we're doing and what we're building at Sanctuary Project. It's such a joy to watch. Definitely. And I think what's really wonderful as well is that, and you've talked about trauma in your work. And I think what's particularly beautiful here is that you've taken a traumatic event and you've, instead of um, the sadness, the anger, you've shifted your focus on helping others who have gone through other traumatic events in their life. Um, what have you, what was one of your biggest takeaways, um, from helping these women and, and getting to work and helping them on this next chapter of their life? I think the biggest thing I am learning all the time and, and being reminded of all the time is that yes, we are trauma survivors, but it's not all of who we are. And, you know, and sometimes actually our trafficking trauma is not even the biggest problem that's happened to us in our lives. You know, I think society wants to say like, oh, you survived trafficking, therefore you're a trafficking survivor and put sort of a label on us in a way that says, okay, that's who you are. That's your identity. But the reality is we're so complex. We're so many things. We're wives, we're mothers, we're um, you know, we're women, we're, we're children of God, we're, um, you know, we, we have, we have dreams and we have gifts and we have talents and we had, you know, we, we played sports in high school or we did theater or, you know, and we have all these varying aspects of our personalities that are so separate from the trauma that happened to us. And so in a daily you know, in our daily life at Sanctuary Project, we don't talk about our trafficking. I mean, sometimes it'll come up, right? I mean, there are times where we do a, we do sanctuary time at the beginning of every day, which is like a devotional time. And sometimes it'll come up and someone will have something that they, you know, that comes up that they want to discuss. But for the most part, we're talking about who we are today. And we're talking about those things we struggle with today, relationship struggles, we still have um, body image struggles, we still have just the very real struggles that really anyone has, right? I mean, you get any group of women together and you're going to have relationship struggles and body image struggles and, um, you know, confidence 
parents' struggles and, and balancing life struggles. And so those are the things that we're really focused on. And I think it's healthy. I think that, um, you know, separating our identity from just being women who have survived trafficking and finding out who are we at our core has been one of the healthiest things I've done for myself and for them. Right. Well, like I can't even help but think, um, especially right now with the Olympics going on. Um, and, you know, we actually had uh, last year, we had Jordan Weber, one of the U.S. gymnastics uh, from the uh, London Olympics. She came on and she was also a um, survivor of Larry Nassar's abuse. Mm-hmm. And she came on and, and, and just also the current athletes that are there, the current gymnasts that are there right now and hearing them Simone Biles in particular say that, you know, just because these things happened doesn't mean that that, you know, defines them or that that's not who they are. Yeah. Right. And that's not how you would want to be remembered. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be remembered as the gymnast who, who won that gold or, um, the woman who made a bold choice to protect my, my mental health in a society that says, no, you should protect achievement and not just as someone who was abused. Right. Um, it's, it's really going from a victim mentality to an overcomer mentality. So we really need those places that are willing to help women rebuild, not just their lives and their hearts, but also their resumes and give them that opportunity for that first job coming out of incarceration that can help set the tone for their new career and their new life that, that they're stepping into. We need employers who are willing to take chances on women who have a criminal record if they've been trafficked. Um, we need employers who are willing to take chances on women who don't have their education yet. And, and uh, you know, we need organizations who are willing to come alongside and offer scholarships to those women so they can continue their education, get their GEDs, get their associate's degrees, get their bachelor's degrees. And so there's so many things that they, beca- you know, that they, they kind of begin battling when you step out of that trafficking situation that we need people to come alongside and help with. Well, luckily you're helping a lot of women combat those limitations through Sanctuary Project. And one thing I did want to bring up, you uh, recently had a new blooming collection. Would you mind explaining what that collection is all about, what it symbolizes and represents, and um, I guess the intention behind it? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about watching the women come into sanctuary project is they'll often come in and they're like, I'm not a girly girl. I'm not into jewelry. Like I'm sort of a tomboy. I'm not a girl's girl. Right. And it's, and I think it's because we've had to guard our femininity because you have to be so strong when you're, when you're in, when you're on the streets, when you're in that life, you have to, you have to put up a strong front. Um, a lot of these women, a lot of myself included, weren't allowed to be soft. It wasn't safe to be soft. And so one thing I love is that when they come into our environment, slowly, 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 we start to see them bloom. And eventually we start to see them like say, oh, like, I guess I like that one necklace, or I guess I sort of like those earrings or this collection's kind of cool. And each time we're releasing a new collection, the, um, you know, the women are, are um, getting more and more excited about it. And really we're watching them bloom. We're watching them bloom into the most authentic, feminine, real versions of themselves. And so the blooming collection is meant to reflect that. And, um, you know, we, uh, we love, we love watching women bloom into these individual, wonderful humans that, that they were created to be. Yeah. It, it's so great. And I, I just, I can't wait to see what all you continue to do with it. Another thing I wanted to mention, and you had touched on in the beginning when we were talking about COVID and how that's impacted it, like everyone under the sun, pretty much. Um, 
with your sales, you've tripled in sales and you also avoided layoffs during, um, you know, most of the pandemic. How was that process for you as a business owner? Um, why were those things so important for you to value? Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing any bit of your story with that. One of the things I knew early on when the pandemic hit was that we were going to need to shift a lot of our business model. So um, the majority of our business at the and on as of March 12th of 2020 was pop-up shops and fundraising events. So everything we were doing, all the revenue we were generating was happening in person. And I structured the business that business that way because it was effortless and it was easy. It was easy to get pop-up shops and in our town and be in front of people and talking to them about our mission. And it was great to get fundraising events together in our community and, and find people who wanted to come alongside and support us as a nonprofit. But on March 13th, 2020, every single one of those things got canceled. Every pop-up shop for the next several months was canceled. Every fundraising event we had planned was, was canceled. And, um, and I found myself in a position as a business owner of having to really look at, at our business model and say, if we want to survive, I am going to have to massively shift our direction. And then I had to, to make really tough decisions as well of how are we going to get through this? Do we need to scale down? Do we need to do layoffs? But the problem with doing layoffs in an an organization like mine is that these are at-risk women. These are women who don't have other opportunities because like we talked about, there's criminal records, there's addictions they're recovering from, um, there are relationships that they're just just getting out of or recovering from, and and they're really an at-risk population in a lot of ways, and then emotionally at risk as well. And so even just the trauma of COVID happening triggered a lot of our women. And I was seeing um, fear and anxiety come out in them probably to an extreme that you wouldn't see in someone who maybe had had a a healthy, calm life, right? Um, Because anytime their security is threatened as a trauma survivor, it reminds them of that trauma when they're, when they didn't have that security. And so I had to make that, that decision that I'm going to protect these women's security. And, um, and, and so we shifted our business model. I shifted the business model very quickly. I mean, basically overnight, I was like, we have to sell online and, um, and really build this as an e-commerce brand and, and really go after it. I'm not someone who loves being on social media. I'm an introvert, like I said. And, and so I'm not like that one who's like, Hey girls, like I, you know, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not that person. I just, I can't, you know, it's, it's not natural for me. It's, um, it's hard. It's hard for me to ask. I'm also not someone that's good at asking for help or asking for people to support us. Um, but I, I, I had to do those things. And, you know, I kind of every day would wake up and be like, what's more important, my pride or my insecurity around doing these things or, these women that I love. And at that point, I think I had seven women on staff that I was trying to save, you know, uh, not save from trafficking, save from, from layoff. Right. Yeah. Um, seven women who had been, who had come out of that life and were, and were healthy and, and well-adjusted and, uh, and thriving in sanctuary project that I did not want to see lose that. And so, uh, so every day I woke up motivated to, uh, to grow the brand and to grow the business and to, grow our engagement on social media and to, uh, and to build us as an e-commerce brand. And we started doing, you know, little like sales. We would do these like one hour long sales where we would try to get everyone to come and shop for that one hour. And, um, it just, every little thing we did, we just saw working. I reached out to my network of incredible women and influencers that I'd never asked for help from. I was like, Hey, I need help. You know, can you talk about this? Can you talk about us? Can you talk about the work we're doing? Cause I love these ladies and I don't want them to go back to their life on the streets. And, 
Um, and so it was just, um, it was really a, a season of realizing that I had to do everything I could do to grow this business. And I think I learned a lot in that time about what it takes. You know, a lot of our, our work had been effortless and I learned what it takes to really hustle to, to care for the people, the employees I had. And it was never about me. And that in some ways made it easier. It wasn't like I was hustling to try to like build some billion dollar business, right? I was hustling to try to make sure that these seven women that had entrusted me and had entrusted Sanctuary Project were going to have a paycheck every two weeks and that they were going to be able to pay their rents, that they were going to be able to stay where they were, um, that they were going to be, that they were going to be safe. And, uh, and it changed everything. It changed everything about how I viewed the business and we grew rapidly. Um, and then we ended up getting picked up by target.com at like the kind of the peak of the pandemic. Um, and, and that was incredible. And that that's really carried us through and, and grown our revenue a ton as well. And we actually were able to hire people. So by the end of 2020, we had 12 women on staff. And so it was just this massive season of growth actually, because I was so motivated to make sure that our ladies were okay. And, and it's so cool to see what happens when we you know, unite our hearts with a cause and a mission and link that to our business. It's amazing what, what can happen. And, and people cared, you know, when I told them like, listen, there are seven real women whose paychecks I need to sign next Friday. I need you to buy necklaces. I need you to shop, save us. Like you care about sanctuary project, shop sanctuary project, buy gifts, buy, you know, like or sponsor a survivor through our nonprofit and, you know, women and, and men just showed up and came alongside us and, and fought for us. And I don't think we're alone. I think a lot of social enterprises found this was a, this was a great time of growth for them because people got to choose average, ordinary people got to choose who they saved through this pandemic by supporting the businesses they cared about, um, by, by spending money in the places that mattered. Um, I did it myself. I was supporting women-owned businesses. I was supporting other social enterprises. Uh, I was giving to nonprofits that I knew were having to cancel galas and things. And, and we really had a choice as, a, as consumers all of a sudden, are we going to keep these big box stores running or are we going to keep these independently owned mom and pop shops that, that have you know, real, uh, real overhead that they can't cover going? And, and I think um, you know, a, lot of, a lot of people came alongside and just kept everyone afloat. Yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree. And I think there were a few things that you just said that I absolutely loved. One of them was talking about reaching out for help first, acknowledging that, you know, we're human beings. We, we need help. Things get larger than life. Sometimes we need help. And I think, and I hope that this pandemic was a very humbling time period for a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of businesses, a lot of people, I know a lot of workers, you know, they've realized like, it's okay to ask for help. We're all in this situation together. We all need each other. Communities, I mean, looking at restaurants, restaurants needed those community members yeah. to step up um, and do takeouts or you know, wh whatever they were able to do during that time. And I, that's something that I was so inspired by. And you know, I just really appreciating everyone's hustle too. Um, and then I think also, you know, you brought up just with COVID and everything we went through um, and hearing you talk about sort of the way you went about all those difficulties, I think it really shows to like why people are in the businesses they're in, 
why we're doing these professions. Do we love our work? What is our work really about? And hearing you, you know, talk about directly working to help the lives of the women that work for you and work at this company. I mean, it's, that's absolutely beautiful and so important. And it, and it really does shine a light. I think that's the one thing, the one like true silver lining I've taken away from this is it's like, why do we do what we do? Yeah. <laughs> um, it really like allowed us to hone in on our purposes in life, our passions. Um, and yeah, why we do the things we do. And anything that's meaningless, letting it fall away, right? Those things that didn't matter became, it became really clear that it didn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there, there were probably relationships that fell away, like acquaintances or things that fell away in that time. But then the, the best friend relationships got deeper. It was like, it was sort of this great reckoning of like, what really matters? And that's what I'm going to focus on. And that's what I'm going to pour myself into. It was a giant reset, wasn't it? Oh, Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I hope that, you know, as we're sort of into the new era of the world with like leaving this lockdown and as we're sort of working to get out of this pandemic, what's, what's re- left of it, I should say. Um, I hope that we remember to take those valuable lessons with us because yeah. I know for me, I've learned a lot about myself, those I surround myself with the work that I do, um, that, you know, really, it really helped me, um, and I, I, I do, I, I, I'm trying to remind myself, take it with me, take yeah. all those lessons with me. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, trying to keep that balance of rest as well. Like we talked about earlier, trying to make sure we keep those spaces that are home and cuddly and, and quiet and, and protect them and, and make sure we, um, you know, quarantine ourselves every once in a while with, yeah. with the people we love. Definitely. So I'm curious, what do you have new in the works? Are there any new projects? I know it's been difficult because you do a lot of public speaking. You know, you go to jails, um, recovery communities, you, you do all these sort of events with that. And I know that's been difficult because, you know, we, we can't be around large crowds. We're, we're getting back to that. Um, we're getting back to that place. But what's new in your life? Um, are there any new projects you're working on directly with Sanctuary Project? It's been a really t- a, a strange time for me. Um, I try to like really be sensitive to what my what my heart and soul are needing in any given season. Um, and and what's what's strange for me? I'm um, I'm someone who loves career, loves business, loves growing my business. But what's been strange for me is as the business has continued to grow and and get more stable, I'm finding myself actually wanting to do less and, uh, and wanting to be more at home. Um, I have an incredible two-year-old and I I'm constantly saying like, can I just quit it all and be a stay-at-home mom and do some like MLM side hustle or something? Like, can I be like a hashtag girl boss or something? Like, I just, I, I just want to be with her. And so, um, you know, it's a weird thing to say as an entrepreneur, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to get smaller right now. Um, and that might not mean our sales numbers get smaller. It might not mean the brand gets smaller, but I'm, um, but it might mean that our scope of work gets smaller and that we're, and that we're honing in on what we're doing and really fine tuning it so that it 
runs pretty effortlessly. So I can be at home more. One of the things that's wonderful about owning my own business and about being at the helm of it and being the CEO is that I can be sensitive to what our staff needs and I can be sensitive to what I need as well. And if I need this to, to stay the size it is right now and not grow three X every single year so that I can have a work-life balance, that's what I'm going to do. And it's such a, it's such a counter-cultural, counter-intuitive um, way to be a business owner, right? Um, I think most people, when, when they were hearing you ask the question, were thinking probably that my answer would be, oh, we're going here and we're doing this and we're going to grow and we're going to be bigger and we're going to employ so many more women. And um, because that's the right answer, right? That's what our society wants us to do is just to continue to grow, continue to hustle, continue to, th- to um, continue to three exit every year, um, sell it to a big business. You know, that's like what, that's what you're sort of trained to do as an entrepreneur. We have a group of consultants working for us right now on a capstone project through, um, through the university in our city. And they, um, and they're coming in and and consulting and they're kind of giving me all these suggestions about ways we can like operate it leaner and cleaner and grow it and sell it and all these things. And I'm like, okay, so how do I say this? I actually want something different. (laughs) I actually want to create an environment that's so stable and is, and is providing such a sanctuary for the women, the women it's employing and myself included that we feel safe to actually live our lives that I can drive my daughter to, to her little ballet class and that I can, um, take time off and spend time in Florida with my, with my family, or that I can go visit my parents in, in California. And so I'm really now looking at how do I create a life that I want to be in while running a business? And I think everything comes in seasons. I think there were, there are seasons where we need to hustle and grow the business. And then there are seasons where we need to pull back and protect what we have and, and spend time with family and make sure we don't miss out on what's right in front of us. And I think that's the season I'm moving into is really making sure my family is well and healthy, making sure my marriage is healthy, man. We have been like ships passing in the night in the last few months because we're back to like full hustle mode. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I am traveling and speaking again. And, um, you know, and I am, uh, you know, I, I, the business has been growing at sort of an exponential rate and, um, and 2021 is probably going to be three X what 2020 was. And all of it feels like this sort of hamster wheel that I'm, I feel like I I'm sometimes missing out on my life and we've built this beautiful life and I don't want to miss it. And so, um, so what, what you can expect next from sanctuary project is less, which is a very weird thing to say, um, less, less product releases, less, um, less marketing, less hustle, uh, less of me on social media, hopefully, um, and, and more, <laughs> and more presence in, in my life and more trusting that, um, that the, that the revenue will still come and that, um, that this is the right thing for me and for my employees that we, that we don't try to grow beyond what we can handle peacefully. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that because doing less doesn't mean doing nothing. Yeah. Right. I think we're taught that in the back of our heads, that's sort of the societal aspect of it that you were talking about before. Yeah, It's either like, hustle or break, right. There's no right. like just, there's no scaled down. That's not an option. That doesn't like turn down the volume knob. That's just not an option. It's like either you're hustling or you're breaking and you're falling apart and you're doing nothing. Exactly. And you know, I mean, I've had people in my life tell me to slow down. I'm sure you have too. Yeah. And we 
hear people say, oh, slow down, slow down. We're like, no, 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 no. I'm not, you know, I'm not lazy. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think we need to change that narrative or, you know, however that's conditioned in our brains, because doing less doesn't mean doing nothing. It might just mean, you know, further defining what it is you actually want to do, further defining your goals. And instead of having this big, huge umbrella of things, like you want to do everything under the sun, maybe just hone in on a few specific things and really or slow the pace. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is like, we can do everything. We just can't do everything all at once. And so, um, a perfect example of this is we had, um, we, we, we have a high-end collection that I've been developing for a while and we were hustling to try to get it released for holiday this year. And I finally made the decision like, no, I can slow the pace of this. It doesn't mean I'm saying no to doing this collection, but I can release it holiday 2022. There's no hurry. It's literally like going from 65 miles an hour to 35 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour. Right. And you're still moving forward. You're still going to, I'm still going to release that collection. Um, same thing, uh, with a book deal. I I just signed with a great agency for, a for a, a book deal or, you know, to shop, to shop a book and it was robbing my peace. And I, and I was hustling to try to get a book proposal done and all of this stuff done because there were all these kind of external pressures of like, Oh yeah, write a book. It'll be great for the business, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and an amazing agent who's like, I got you, we got this. And all these, you know, all this, these amazing people who have such great intentions and are like, you have something to say, go, go do it, say it. Um, but I had to make a really tough decision to say, yes, at some point there will be another book, but I need to slow it down. Not right now later. And that's okay. Cause it's not going anywhere. And there's only going to be more wisdom to put into it later. And life mm-hmm. is long and we're still going to get to the end. If we're going 35 miles an hour, we don't have to be going 65 miles an hour to get to our destiny and to get to all the things that we are, that we're made to do on this planet. Yeah. And I think too, like when we try and juggle too much, then we, we are chaotic. We look chaotic yeah. and that's probably why other people tell us to slow down. Yeah. So it's better to ease the pace of your life, focus on the things that you're really passionate about, the things that you really pick three things that you want to check off a list and focus on those three things and really making, putting like true, true, true intentions into what you're doing and making them good and last instead of trying to take on a bunch of different projects I like that. What you should do. I it's- like that. You get three things. <laughs> like yeah. you could because probably we don't have the capacity to do more than three things well, right? And so if it's if it's building your business and it's spending time with your family and it's focusing on your health, it's those three things for that season. Don't also start a podcast in the middle of that. <laughs> don't right. also try to write a book in the middle of that. Don't also be um, you know, trying to start another business during that or something. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And if you do those things and you enjoy it, great. But if you're, you're finding that taking on all those things are causing you stress, um, causing friction in your household, whatever it may be, take a step back. Um, and it's not a bad thing to take a step back. I, I love what you said earlier. Like that's, that's so important. You need to change the conversation, um, and change that sort of narrative, um, that it's, it's really okay. And I hope that people learn that during this pandemic, that it's okay to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah. But well, I'm excited to see what all you continue to do. Where can people follow along with you and keep up with Sanctuary Project Holly? 
You can find me at hollychristinehayes.com. Um, there you'll find links to my podcast, Finding Sanctuary, um, my book, um, From Basement to Sanctuary, and then links to sanctuaryproject.com where you can shop our line, uh, learn all about our mission. And um, if you're someone who likes to come alongside and support nonprofits, you can sponsor a survivor there and uh, join us in, in supporting these women coming out of trafficking, violence, and addiction. Um, we also hang out on Instagram. I mean, I already told you, I don't love being there, but you, if you come and you're nice to me there, then maybe I'll like it better. Cause I think, you know, I just get so like afraid that I'm going to get cyber bullied or something from some bad experiences I've had. But if you're nice, if you're a nice person, come to, come, come to Instagram. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can follow me at Holly Christine Hayes and sanctuary project at sanctuary underscore project. Perfect. And, you know, I always love concluding with, um, you know, the topic of handling it. And we were joking about it before we started recording and it was so cute. You were like, I'm not sure if I'm handling it. And that's, <laughs> I, that's the beauty of like, sort of why I started this whole podcast is like, there's no right or wrong way to go about your life. Um, and so to ask you this question, there's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever works for you. It's an individual thing. What helps you handle? So yeah, I always like to ask, has there been a lesson or a piece of advice that you've learned that's really helped you handle your life? One of the biggest things is that different seasons are going to need a focus on different areas of your life. Um, you know, I, when I started my business and it was new, it needed all of me. And I did have to set other things to the side to focus on starting that business, grounding it, growing it. Um, when my baby was born two years ago, I needed to step aside from everything else and focus on just nurturing her, feeding her, holding her, loving her, being present with her. And then there are seasons where, um, like right now my marriage is like, like I said, we're like ships in the night and I'm like, we need to focus on this. And so, um, we're moving into a season of like, we need to be in marriage counseling. We need to be spending time together. We need to work on this. And so everything else is kind of being pushed to the side while I focus on, on my marriage. Right. And so I think that we just have to notice what needs my attention most right now. And it doesn't mean that we throw the other things away, right? My business is still yeah. operating. I have great help there and, um, our daughter is doing great and we have great help there. And, um, but the marriage is where it needs help right now. Or, you know, when, when I was, when I had my daughter and I needed to be present with her, it didn't mean I shut down the business. I just got great help there to keep that running. And, um, and the marriage was able to, we were able to kind of put it aside while we focused on just bringing this new person into the world. So it's really just about noticing and understanding what is the priority right now? What needs most of me right now? And how can I give all of myself to that thing that needs most of me right now? Trusting that the other things are going to work themselves out. And then if something starts to break, putting your focus there, right? Um, surrendering to that and understanding like, okay, this is a season where I need to focus on my family. This is a season where I need to focus on my business. This is a season where I need to focus on myself and my own inner world and, and, and healing. And so just noticing that constantly and, 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 you know, really riding it like a wave and, and, um, and dancing, you know, through mm -hmm. that, um, and all the ways you can to make sure you're, you're caring for those things in your life as needed. I love that. Yeah. Focusing on what needs more attention, what needs more love. Um, that's beautiful. And I, you know, I applaud that whole mindset and I hope like everyone else can sort of learn to adopt that into their own lives because, you know, back to our point, what we were saying before, when we try and take on too much, we're giving away too much of ourselves mm -hmm. and it's important to sort of shift all of our focus. Sometimes 100% of our focus on one thing. We don't mm -hmm. always have to do that, but when we need to, 
we need to, it's yeah. important to do it. But Holly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I can't wait to see what all you continue to do. Well, thank you so much for having me, Catherine. It was such a joy. Well, guys, I loved this conversation with Holly, and I hope that you enjoyed learning about her story and work with Sanctuary Project. If you'd like to support Sanctuary Project and check out the beautiful jewelry they offer, there are handles and links in the episode bio to do so. Thank you to Holly so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you tomorrow with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.